recording. There we are. So anyway, I just untied my hands, my hole, and got the fuck out of there. Sorry, I got. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about trying to force the casual over. <laughs> Hello and welcome to our February edition of In the Lamplight. We made you all a big promise last month, and we're keeping it so far. Well, just about. I mean, we've done our bit. Rory and Mihal, we're recording here on February the 26th. So it's up to Luke now to get the episode turned around in the next day or two and get it all out to you guys on time. The poor fella. But lads, I wanted to make this a very February episode. So I want to start with a chat about the big event in February. So it's not the comedy festival. (laughs) We're going to talk in detail to our guest today, Brendan Tierney, about the Sligo Comedy Festival, which was a big event in February. But what is the big event in February? The St. Bridget's Day. No, Luke. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. That's sometimes in January. Well, it was February this time. What was (laughs) it? Yeah, but but this is something that happens every year in February. Pancake Tuesday. No, it could be March. What? Could be March. Can it be March? St. Bridget's Day, so it has to be. You can't be coming in here saying things like that. I think think if if Easter's late in April, it can be March. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Is it Valentine's Day, Karen? Ah, Rory. Ah, <laughs> Absolutely. Rory Maitland. <laughs> Michal, don't pretend you weren't thinking of that one. <laughs> 30%? <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, Valentine's Day, lads. I just wanted to have a chat about it because it's a, it's a big day in the month of February every year. This is our February po- podcast. Luke, how was, your, how was your Valentine's Day? It was lovely. Yeah. Um, I went for a drop of dinner. Up in Coach Lane uh, By yourself? Uh, no Not oh, by right. myself <gasps> uh, That'd be a very sad Ooh, Valentine's Day Wouldn't whoa. it? <laughs> Sitting alone Surrounded by couples In the restaurant With just the one empty chair Across from me Eating a little steak Speaking of own. sitting alone What did you do Michal? Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> Rory Come oh, on my Get off the stage <laughs> Wow That was uh, and if anybody out there hasn't been up to Coach Lane, uh, I would highly recommend it. It's the it's nicest beautiful. meal out I've had in a good long time. An absolutely delicious steak and a bit of mashed potatoes and a bit of veg on the side. A lovely little bit of bread beforehand and a very nice glass of wine. Delicious. Couldn't recommend it enough. This must be ten the place. out of ten. We're sponsored by Coach Lane now, are we? Uh, n- no. Um, <clears throat> just can't talk about that. They didn't want us to make. <laughs> um, moving on, um, uh, and then we went over to the uh, Candy and Rainbows night of the uh, So Funny Sligo Comedy Festival, the opening night of the comedy festival, and that was uh, brilliant, great crack. Um, and we're talking to uh, our guest a little bit more about that later. Uh, and then went to Lily's and heard a bit wow. of music. Uh, so yeah, I loved Valentine's Day. Great, of a Tuesday. Delighted to hear Very it, nice. Luke. Um, Michal, how was your Valentine's Day? Karen, I couldn't tell you the difference between Valentine's Day and any other day in February. Not a clue. <laughs> Honestly, not a clue. What did I do? Oh, I went to Kenyan Rainbow, actually. I did go to Kenyan Rainbow. You did. I saw you there. Oh, right. Very oh, good. I thought okay. I thought you were trying to catch me out there. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I was like, that back. Yeah, no, uh, there was something else that day. I just can't remember. Probably work or something. I can't even remember. Okay, so I, I, I you know, done enough day. Nothing, nothing major. Good crack at the end, but yeah, you know, not, not that different to to any any other day in February, really. No, not eventful no. whatsoever. Okay, pretty boring. Okay. Right, interesting. Rory, well, um, uh, well, what about you? Yeah, yeah. on my Valentine's you, Day. What did oh, you yeah. do Valentine's oh, thanks, Day? Thanks for asking. Um, well, would you believe my wife was away? Aww. She headed away with, with our daughter Nixie um, So it was just t- me and Tom So we spent the evening um, Watching Paris Saint-Germain And Bayern Munich on the telly <laughs> We had a great old time Brilliant. Snore yeah. was it? I was, <laughs> watching Paris I suppose was the closest we got to <laughs> We got to romance that evening That was pretty good, yeah, <laughs> yeah, was pretty good. Yeah, But I did, I did manage to sneak a, a card Into my wife's suitcase before she left oh, so, I got on you man Yeah yeah, we had Very a wee cute. yeah, yeah. But um, look, that's what happens when you get married, lads. You know, she heads away. The the romance is all gone. But what I was really interested in, <laughs> what I was what I was really interested in this evening, um, was you know, young love and and what happens with sort of younger couples who aren't necessarily married on Valentine's Day. So I thought, you know, Rory, you've been you know you've been with with Elaine a long time, and just wanted to know how your Valentine's Day was with her. Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah. Yeah, re- like the morning was relatively uneventful. Um, we, we've been trying, we've been uh, trying to buy a new house, right. so we got word that we were going to get the keys to our new house on Valentine's Day. Wow! So um, that's eventful. Yeah, I thought it was good. At about four o'clock, then on 
on that day we got the key, they called that I could go and get the keys so I called Elaine and I we got the keys to the house and I said come on over we'll uh, we'll have an old cup of tea in our own house with our own fresh set of keys wow that's a big uh, Valentine's Day thought, I, I thought that was a pretty nice Valentine's Day too and then when Elaine came over I put a lovely set of flowers on the table for her I put a lovely card on the table for her and then just sitting beside that card was a little box that contained an engagement ring. Oh! <laughs> ah! <laughs> I knew it was so, but I was like, what is coming? What? He gives her the keys. What? Karen wasn't, you were way too casual with that. And I was like, what is going on? If Congratulations. Been, uh, she I, thought he was giving her the key to the house, but really, he was giving her the keys to his house. <laughs> Every Everybody say, oh, where's Brian Devaney? <laughs> so that, yeah, it was possibly the most eventful Valentine's Day I've ever had and possibly ever will have. Ever will have, yeah. Probably um, the most eventful day of your life. That's moving into a new house, Valentine's Day, getting flowers and an engagement ring. Mm, the flowers being the important one there. <laughs> I, um, no, you and see, then I, she said no. I had, yeah, thank, <laughs> thankfully she said yes. I had always planned to ask her when we got the keys to our house. It just happened to fall on Valentine's Day. I will, I will just make that point clear. As a... Uh, one of the lads said to me, he said, you're like the least likely person to propose to your girlfriend on Valentine's Day. Kind of in a bit of a kind of a sneery way, as in I would have expected better from you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I said, it just, it just fell that way. Was she shocked? Oh, she was. She was, surely. Um, you know, it's funny that in a sense that I had I hadn't really said it to a lot of people, just, um, you know, some close friends and stuff that I was going to do it. You know, and all of them, the, the general consensus was, Actually, you'll not be worried. Me and Elaine have been together forever, you know, yeah. for, for 15 years or something. So uh, you can't be that worried, like, you know. And I wasn't. I genuinely, genuinely wasn't. Buying the ring, everything, I wasn't I wasn't uh, nervous at all. Until, like, 30 seconds beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, this actually is a two-way thing. You know, you have it in your head that it's a one-way thing. It goes one direction. You get down on a knee, you ask, will you marry me? And then your partner says yes. But then for some reason, just 30 seconds beforehand, it's like, no, there's another way this can go. And uh, you've told a few people that you're going to do this. This could be fucking disaster. Where's the closest door that she can get out? (laughs) No, but thankfully, um, it kind of went by in a blur. And it was uh, it was great. And did she so, leave you hanging, or was it like? No, she, it was yeah. like a straight. It was it. Well, no, actually, there was a. Are you are you serious? You know this yeah. kind of thing. Now standing in a house that we had just bought together with a ring in my hand, down on one knee, it was about as serious as it as gets. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, that was my Valentine's Day, lads. It was good crack. Congratulations! Congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, congratulations to Elaine as well. Hi. Indeed. Well, Rory, I, I don't know if you've any plans for the stag yet, um, but if, if I may make a request, you know the way, lads, if you're not in great shape after a big weekend and you get you get the bus or the taxi to the airport, wherever you are, and oh. you just about make it through the flight home and you walk off the plane thinking the worst part is over, and then you're in Dublin yeah. and you have to get the whole yeah, way home from Dublin. That's the worst Dublin. part of it. That's the worst part of it. So, Rory, if we're going out of the country, yeah. can we please fly from knock? Yeah, please. Yeah? So certainly. Great. Please. Thank you very much. But just so you're aware... Knock Airport may go by a different name by then. Oh, really? Yeah. Let's find out more. Thanks to Hall, who was on the streets of Dublin this week. Talking to your average Joes A random question he will pose What he'll ask one never knows What's your favourite movie? Savoury or fruity? Do you like a sushi? Oh, it's Hall on the Well, lads, what's the crack? Streets well, lads, I was on the streets of Dublin this week and I asked people if Knock Airport was to be renamed after a famous Irish person, who would that be? <laughs> Here's what the people on Grafton Street had to say. Louis Walt. Mine would be Mrs Brown. Shane Filan, because it's the best singer in Ireland. Jedward. Dust of the Turkey, because Ireland's best legend. Dermot Kennedy. I think they will name Knock Airport after Louis Walsh because he lives in the local area and he obviously needs somewhere to fly his helicopter into. Oscar Wilde Airport. Roy Keane. Katie Taylor. Michael D, because he's small like Knock Airport. It's me, Hall on the street. You, uh, wow. Uh, wow. 
but you managed to get talking to a few of the absolutely uncultured uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, of Dublin there, didn't you? I got proper Dublin people on Grafton Street, but then I had to go in and I had to go into Pull and Bear just to get a wee jacket for myself, and I met four <laughs> Mayo girls, and you can hear them. If yeah, you listen yeah, again, yeah. you can just hear them. It's like, how are you doing? What's the crack? How are you doing? Louis Walsh. Louis Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin. I like Mrs. Dustin. Brown. I I look fair play to them. They entertain a lot of people. Let's not name an airport. Are we them. going to have a go? Dustin at this embarrassed us enough at Eurovision, let alone naming an airport. Oh, excuse you. We won't get into that. Rory, who would you name Knock Airport after? So one of your um, people there said Shane Filan. I wouldn't. I would say Westlife West of Ireland Airport, Ooh. flying with wings. Ah, oh, now. <laughs> Get out of town You've uh, Get out of town Tell me that you've thought about that before I promise that I was promise. on the spot right now That is uh, As my cousins in New Zealand would say Very impressive I have uh, Very impressive Very impressive uh, I had That was my first time hearing that And what you just saw there Was some comedy genius <laughs> Luke what about you Quick I, Quick. I <laughs> think No hold on a minute now I'm, I'm actually feeling Extremely stupid <laughs> Right now Because with the segue that you had there, <laughs> I know you listened to it before that, and I fucking refuse I to believe. Promise. No, I promise. You're lying. <laughs> no, you're a liar. No, no, The email Mihal sent was to me and you, Luke, earlier. If you check, it, it. was Rory wasn't Rory even was included because I like to. Email. I like to. Surprise I think Rory. Rory was included in a separate email just so you could say that to me right now because <laughs> okay. this is a this is a conspiracy. No, you can it's look a through all of our to emails make me look Uncreative and stupid, and I. <laughs> no, you do that to yourself. Go on, no, Luke. I, you us... know what? I had a fantastic idea as well, but I'm actually just going to keep it to myself. <laughs> yeah, you did. Because you did. I don't think. You, no, I don't feel like sharing. No. <laughs> okay, Karen, we're moving on. Doesn't matter, really, Luke. Lads, um, you know it's February, as we've alluded to already, and <laughs> it's um, uh, once again the people of what county is knocking me all. Mayo, isn't Mayo. it? Yeah. yeah. So I it thought is. that was a trick question. Yeah. No, no, no. Mayo, well, yeah. as happens regularly in February, the people of Mayo are getting very excited. Because they've won the All Ireland, but they actually haven't. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. They're playing well. They look good. They look decent, but they're forgetting it's only February. And so, look, I feel that, you know, if the off chance they do, you know, you know, it's Come 70 on. years, but I don't even want to say the words. <laughs> But if, if they do, it's got to be like, is it going to be Kevin McStay Airport? Or is it going to be like Jermaine uh, O'Connor Airport? Mm. Matthew Ruan Airport? It's whoever scores the winning goal in the All-Ireland Final has a big shout of that airport being named after them if they do it. Jesus. Can you imagine? It's, it's a good, it's a good a long, point, long time like. to rename it. Like 70 more time. years West Airport. <laughs> 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 the curse. Ireland West curse airport. No. Yeah. Um, because Knock Airport isn't even called Knock Airport. No, it's, no, called, it's called Ireland West. Well, hold now. on a minute now. At, at, <laughs> where did where did uh, Monsignor O'Hara O'Hara get the boot? Horn, is that Horn? Horn, Monsignor Horn. Yeah. Well, see, no. So where did he get the boot? Because it was originally named after him. No, it wasn't. It wasn't named fairly, after him. I'm fairly sure the. Oh. He opened. Can we fact so you, check? You, you didn't even know his name, Luke. Can so we fact I'm check? Hold on now. Stall. He's got a big statue outside. I'm going to he... put on the girl from Ipanema now as a little bit of holding music while I fact check this because I want to be right. Okay. No, he's got a statue outside because he opened it, but it was never named after him. It was always just Knock Airport, and then they renamed it to Ireland West Airport. There we are, lads. We have two different points of view here. Who's going to be right? Luke's googling furiously. He's scrolling now, so it's not coming up immediately. Like it was never called the Monsignor. I, I, I think I'm on your side here. Am I right in saying that that man just started building an airport? Yeah. No planning permission. No, actually, maybe even planning permission denied kind of a job. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I no Christy idea. Moore tells the story of it. Does he? He's got a great song, hasn't he? What would Christy come on and tell us about it? He does. Does he actually? He does actually oh, I thought there was song. a punchline coming. I no, don't. I've never does. heard that. He does. Um, I'm not sure it's all totally factual, but it's, it's a great song. From Fatima to Bethlehem and from Lords to Kilchima. <laughs> there's, okay. never, there's never been an old miracle like the airport. Luke's got it. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, do you know what? I don't think we should really discuss this anymore. Just, <laughs> that took an awful long time to log on, but we still haven't got it. Uh, no, but I did. If, I mean, if we're talking about renaming the airport, right? Surely that man that, like, you know, 
literally broke sod and built the thing. Um, you should have a look in. And there's an article here that I'm looking at. Knock accused of turning its back on airport founder. Mayo Town has been accused of turning its back, blah, 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 by refusing to name in his honour the airport that he founded. And do you know what? I kind of feel for him. I kind of, I'm there. I, I think I'm on his team a little bit. You've no idea what he's done in his life. He could have. Huh? No, we won't do that. <laughs> we, won't, we, won't, we won't just start speculating of what he could have done. Uh, <laughs> it's a sure way to get sued. Yeah, that's, you know, let's not even go alluding to that kind of thing. Right? Uh, but, and, 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 and I'm there. Like, I, I'm there. I hear you. Uh, uh, and I really, I'm not into religion or church or anything like that at all. But, like, the man founded the airport. It'd be like, It'd be like uh, calling Kieran Quinn's team night something else while Kieran Quinn is still running them. Yeah, I still think... Just to the Turkey's team night. <laughs> that is a better ring to Presented it. Presented by Kieran Quinn. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think you'd like that very much. Well, Luke, we we will never know. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, what is Dustin up to? You don't hear much about Dustin. Sligo Town accused of turning its back on... Uh, Man who founded Team Knights by refusing to name Team Knights after that man, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. okay. I feel I feel like you are a lot more passionate about this, Luke, than the rest of us. That's okay. It's, so I feel like yeah. no, we love th- it. This may have to be a fight that you have to go on on your own. I'm going to go on a crusade. <laughs> <laughs> our guest today, ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is originally a Galway man. He travelled up the N17 past the soon-to-be-named Monsignor Horan Airport many years ago to make Sligo his home, and I must say that he has made a massive contribution to the place since he got here. He wears many hats, but today he's here as the man behind the Sligo Comedy Festival. It ran for a week all around the town earlier in February and was a huge success. Brendan Tierney, you're welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Karen. Pleasure to be here. Congratulations, Brendan. <laughs> I'm making to, it here. It's it? no, it's on your comedy <laughs> festival. Because to be fair, what a cracker. Yeah. Like, good on you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I remember speaking to you a couple of months ago now at this stage, and you were very worried about ticket sales and that kind of stuff. And so when I saw all the posts going online that it was full, mm. I kind of bred a sigh of relief for you. <laughs> I thought, thank God. <laughs> thank God it's gone well for him. Because it's a stressful undertaking to kind of shoulder the responsibility for something like that, I'd imagine. It, it, it is in one sense, I suppose, like you learn like now, uh, I tried to do it in November, being a bit romantic, going, God, put on something when there's nothing on in town. Like, what's the worst month of the year? You could argue January or November. So the idea was Jan- or November... And maybe people will go because it was 2019 was the first year and it was that was literally sold out nearly every night. Yeah. And then there was obviously the inevitable break. So it lost its momentum. But I still thought, oh, maybe, you know, it was good 2019. People come back. And then, as you see, when it comes to stress, it's when people aren't buying the tickets. And then November coming near, I was going, maybe people will come up because I could see the link clicks. I could see the interest, but I couldn't see the sales matching that. So you were kind of going, ah, maybe they'll buy them the last week. Maybe they'll walk up. So that's the biggest stress going, uh, someone's going to have to pay everybody here. So that was probably the only big stress of it. Yeah. Was that delay? Because it was nine months kind of in the making. Yeah, really. well, it's 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 a great story. And as the lads have alluded to, you know, it was initially due to be on in November and uh, eventually took place a couple of weeks ago. Um, but Brendan, we, we'll get to all that. Before we before we go there, though, I'd love to know, how did you end up here in Sligo? Uh, 1999, I uh, came here to study a degree in environmental science. My brother had been here before, Aidan, and he did environmental science. I think I was just going, ah, oh, sure. I kind of like that. That'll do, like, you know. And then I came and I suppose the big turning point for me was I was in the students' union. I was the president's student union after my third year. And I never, ever, ever was involved in student union things up to that. I'd never had a dream. I had no interest in it whatsoever. One of my friends nominated me for class rep, for example, when I wasn't in one day. You know, so that's where that kind of snowballed. And the same then become the president. But that was the okay, year. Okay, hold on now, hold on. So you'd never been involved in student politics. Not so. You got nominated and all of a sudden you're the president of the student no, union. No, no, I was nominated to be the class rep. So that yeah. was the first time being in going to the meetings and that. Yeah. But like all I did really as a class rep was organise the parties. And I knew how to go. <laughs> uh, genuinely, like, I wasn't particularly, there wasn't a lot of the big welfare issues or people weren't coming up to me going, I have all these issues. If they did, I would have. But like, I didn't want to be the class rep. But there was a day, there was a sheet went around apparently and I got nominated and uh, that's how I became class rep. And then I remember when I fast forward onto the elections of students, someone said, oh, you should run for your own. I said, not a whole, I swear to God, I genuinely said, not a chance. The vice president was what they said. We should go for that, go for that. 
And eventually, I don't know, a lot of little things have happened in my life that I just now look back on. That was just meant to be. I I applied as, uh, or filled out the registration for vice president and it was closing on a Monday. And all the week before, oh yeah, vice president, we're getting ready for the campaign and the nominations are going to close on the Monday. And that weekend, a number of people rang me saying, will you not just go for the president? Like you'd really, and that's when I was really going and I'm not being to be uh, politer, but I was going, no, I genuinely could not do that. Like, and all weekend, kept being badgered by people and then I did put in my nomination and then I got it well hold on so you, like, you say you got it you got elected like, there's a full yeah, big vote I, yeah, in the exactly. college so oh, yeah, tell us Jesus. about that oh uh, like the pro- like you know when you say the best moment of my life there's lots of them but like like I'm one of the most memorable moments ever like the journey of doing it speaking in front of this back then in the college the elections were massive there was like the whole canteen if you remember the older canteen about seven or eight years ago it was revamped but Posters like up 40 foot up the whole walls and windows. It was just, it was like a carnival, you know, and there was nights out and you'd have, oh, this candidate is in the Leitrim, that candidate in the brewery. And there was a real social thing to it and good crack. And uh, it was amazing to do it. Um, but I always remember I went to meet the director of the college, Richard Thorne is his name. Because I would have had a good head kind of going, well, don't just go giving out free shots in the Leitrim. I go, well, what are the issues like? And then I went and met him and I said, look it, I know these are the issues, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go down there saying a speech, talking through my backside, saying, oh, we're going to get this thing, we're going to get that thing. So I suppose when I went to do my speech then, one of my big things was, I've actually had him ask for a meeting and met the director, like no one else did that. So I think that's given me kudos to go, uh, oh, he actually isn't talking through his arse. And I said, we're probably not going to get that now, but we'll start, keep pushing on it. But I think the number one thing I came up with that really stuck with students, I said, we have Rag Week every February, what the hell are we doing the rest of the year? So I had an idea of Rag Days, so one day pre-Christmas and one day later in the year near summer, ragged. I think that was probably what won me the election. <laughs> I was going to say, like, <laughs> harping back to your party planning days, uh, the skills that you had learned as class rep uh, yeah. to get, got you your presidency. Pro- probably, I like that. yeah, that's what, that's what that journey went. But yeah, it was amazing. And, and then winning the election, uh, like, uh, like you know, growing up, you go, I'll never, like, just going into all the bars, lifted up, like the good old election things you see now, like, but just the buzz. But it was your peers. It was just your student friends and all these people mm. that you didn't know most of them. I think I got like 1,500 votes out of uh, uh, roughly 2,000 or something. Like what I was going, this is insane. Like it's an insane mental confidence thing that you don't, I never had a goal of it. But then this happens like, so it was real life affirming, I suppose, a real confidence boost to go, wow, all these people think I'd be good at this job. Like, so that was probably the defining moment of my adult life, I could say, really, that moment. So a better there. day than when your children were born, for example. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that too. <laughs> what do you say that? Oh, I, I, on the spot. <laughs> well, a little funny story about my children, my, my uh, children being born. Um, Mark Ronson was playing a gig in the Clarence here. Heineken had these wow. big artists wow. come into the uh, to venues around Ireland and Heineken basically sponsored it and Mark Ronson was playing in the Clarence and my wife was Jew and she knew oh my god he really wants to go to this gig like so I uh, she decided she says okay Brendan it's time to go and uh, went down now she said look and I'm not too dramatic yet but I definitely need to go in the hospital like so I dropped her in the hospital she said look you go to the gig just keep your phone in your hand so while my wife was technically <laughs> labour I'll ex- finish this really second, but she, I dropped her down this is how brilliant my wife is by the way she just said no go on go to the gig and there was only a tiny bit of coverage in the whole of the Clarence so I stood for the whole gig <laughs> it's a bit like nowadays that actually where it. people stand yeah. at gigs with the phone in their hand but I was doing it because oh get the call went home she had no call I said you all good yeah half an hour later oh you better come in now went in at like two in the morning obviously I wasn't drinking and uh Two in the morning, went in. The baby didn't arrive till seven o'clock the next day. So there you go. So so yeah, the twenty hours on a chair was a bit more uh, <laughs> was less enjoyable than maybe winning the election in one sense. But yeah, yeah. there's different moments of yeah. coolness in your life. So yeah. so yeah, so that that was kind of great. Turned. So you mentioned Bre- Brendan during the election, um, the the idea you had, mm. um, you know, of the rag days, and that's something I would associate with you, having known you for for a fair few years now, mm. is is ideas. You're a great man for coming up with ideas. Was that always the case with you? Um, I'm trying to think, like... As a child, as a teenager, was this a feature of your life? No, you I was the shyest kid you ever met. Yeah. I cried at everything when I was young. My poor mother, like, if it was nowadays, I'd probably have 25 diagnosis or something like, you know what I mean? Cried at everything from dentists, doctors, nurses, swimming lessons, speech, and everything I went to, I cried. Confession, community, the whole thing. I'd tick every box. And then as I got older... Was quiet enough in secondary school. I was always social, but no, I was never. Uh, I can't remember like being. Oh, I want to be this. I obviously elected as head prefect. Then in my last year, I wrote a song. You might have heard the Cool Boys. Mm-hmm. So if you if you're this is a bit of a life story today. Uh, kind of quiet up till junior cert. 
then did TY. I didn't want to do it. And everyone kept going, oh, I'll do that. So there's a lot of things I didn't want to do that I ended up doing. And TY then, I kind of got in with Cool Gang, as you said. And that's where the song came from, The Cool Boys. So it's like, I was just happy, quiet, didn't do much in school. I wasn't nervous or shy, but it just tipped along. But then I got in with the kind of the Cool Gang, the big footballers and the whole shebang, like, you know. So so that moment kind of turned me a little bit. But... And what's no. the song? What's the song here? Uh, the, I wrote it with Leo Moore, actually. Ah, yeah. very good. It's, yeah. uh, it's findable on, on YouTube still, oh, yeah. I, think, yeah, I believe, yeah, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Do we have time to play a little clip of it? <laughs> we'll play a little snippet of it, will By we? the way, now, sure. I, yeah. the, the vocal on it, I sang it like as well. And we recorded in Fifth and Thielen, and uh, uh, like now Luke's studio uh, prowess here would probably look at it and go, oh, we could have, but like, in fairness, the lads recording for me, it was just a favour, so. The video is unbelievable, like Studio Rove did this proper video at the time. Sorry, not let me mention it. We're not, we're not talking about <laughs> Studio Rove. Sorry, play a bit of that clip there. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Get out. The video, Get out, Brendan. The video, You're finished with us. The video, the video doesn't match the vocal, anyways, that's what I'm saying. But like, ideas, I, I suppose in, even in the college and house, the house and college, I would have always been the one organising nights out and crack and divilment and then yeah I, no I'm not to answer your question I can't remember always being like as a child right you say yeah. you're shy like as in might you be having do you remember having all these ideas in your head and maybe not having the confidence to to say them to people no, uh, no. oddly enough I well, like didn't even do lots of sports because there wasn't lots of underage sports back then but I loved going farming so, that's, so there you go so that doesn't connect go. anything like you know I just loved if I won the lottery I'd buy a farm it's the first thing I'd buy mm. so no, no I wasn't always kind of oh he's always at something or he's always coming up with something and loved drumming loved drumming I would drum for hours in the shed drum kit behind you there do you want to give there us you a go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah like there's no greater joy I get than either acting on a stage or or uh, out of life hobbies after obviously the kids thing is always there in case you get it wrong uh, acting and playing live music I, nothing gives me greater joy in anything I do I would do that full time if I could, but then again, I appreciate that mm. changes things. And if it is relying on full time, mm. mm. I have a I have a question for you. Yes. Um. So, and you know, all of us sitting here, the four of us, we're all I think pretty creative people, mm. and we'd all sit around and God have loads of ideas about this, that, and the other, and you have a few pints in the pub and you wax lyrical about all oh, this idea, <laughs> this brilliant idea. Oh, actually, sorry. Before I finish this train of thought, Kieran, I have to commend you on your. Uh, proper and impeccable use of the word elude a few minutes ago. Mm, yeah. Very good. Just one, maybe one, two, one, I don't know. I won't mention any names. Maybe some other Sligo podcasts that could, you know, <laughs> take a few English tips from you and, and learn how to use that word properly. I'm not, I'm not really talking about like anybody in particular, but you know, maybe, you know. I'd, anyway. be, I'd be happy to, to give those lessons. Ah, so. look, we'll, <laughs> maybe for you're very good. Such. No, I mean, I'm not anyone in particular. Anyway, so, you know, we'd all have ideas um but if 10 people have an idea that oh my god a comedy festival in Sligo would be brilliant mm. nine of those people will go oh, but you could never do that yeah. like i i could yeah. you could have the logistics of that but you go and you do it what is it that drives you or makes you it gives you the confidence to take an idea like that and go yeah no i'm actually going to go and do it yeah um i would probably say i have a massive thing in live a life less or less Less Ordinary. There's an album, I think, by Ash or something. Or there's a movie or something as well. Or something it's like also that. the tagline for the Irish Army, Brendan. So oh, it's, well, so I definitely won't be joining Maybe you could join the Irish Army, no, Life Less Ordinary. Uh, I would definitely have an underlying theme of that. And I also like to see something you create when it happens, like the comedy festival. Like It's one of the nicest things to be in a room going, Jesus, I made this happen. I'm, Kieran, I'm sure you can, you know, allude to this or agree with this. Uh, <laughs> but the nights you put on, like, that was you know in, what I mean? That was incorrect. Yeah, yeah, it was. yeah I was going to go, no, that is definitely not the right way. So we've established <laughs> that putting on a festival is the fourth best thing in your life behind, I, I try to think. behind getting elected, playing live music. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't rate, I don't call. Here's my ranking. I must do more of that. More of that. It was just, it's just well, brilliant to do it and to see the joy you can bring. And I get a joy out of the small, shitty, small tiny, tiny fringe gigs, I get more joy out of them than the big ones, even though, like, it's not the famous act. Or walk into a pub after the go, they're all here because of the festival. Yeah, so sure. That's what I would get a kick And does of. that tie into you getting the buzz out of planning the parties and stuff back in your student days? Yeah. Is that now you kind of just looking for the same buzz, but on a, Very on a bigger scale? I used to have boat parties on Lock Gill and organise them, and, and, like, they were epic, like, and everyone used to always come. I used to fake 
pretend, oh, like if I wanted a bunch of friends going out to you in college, you go, oh yeah, like Luke and Kieran are going, I tell you they're all going. Because you might be like, ah, who's going out? Oh, they all said they're going. And then they weren't going. But then you go, yeah. And then I go back to Luke and Kieran and go, oh, everyone else is going. And next thing, everyone will be there, even though half of them were never going to go out. So I always, I always had parties. you're like an organisation junkie. Just, <laughs> every time you have to organise something bigger just to get the same high, it's just going to keep going and going. Yeah, yeah, to a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the whole events. And as I said, from being in the student union, that's when I met Philip McGarry, the, uh, God, God rest him, uh, who had Equinox back in the day. Mm. And that is definitely where I started going into the world of booking things from DJs to DJing myself and all that. Um, that's definitely where that whole vibe started in my life of events and whatnot. Okay. A life less ordinary, Brendan. Mm. Where did where? That's a great philosophy to have. Well, Do you remember that being a conscious decision for you, or or it just emerging as you got older? I think it's just emerging in its own. As I said, the funny thing, as I said, the head prefect thing, I got elected, and I genuinely there was no like election. You just got nominated, and I remember the day the principal came in. This was the funny thing. Like I, this is how little I thought was going to happen. There was an ambulance after going up the road a few minutes beforehand, and he came in. Is Brendan Tierney there? And I was like, oh. God, something wrong. I went out in the hall and he goes, this is a principal. He's a fairly strict guy, but he's a good guy. And he said, oh, I just want to let you know that you've been nominated as head prefect. And I literally say, I don't know if I can curse in this, you can be I said, oh, fuck, is that it? He said, what? Excuse me? I said, sorry. I thought it was a problem with someone at home dead. Like, And even then I was astounded going, I went in the room though and everyone in the class clapped. Everyone else knew it and I didn't. And I think lots of accidental things have happened from getting in with the cool boys to the head prefect to the student union. Things I would never have like because I knew people in college who were like, I, I want to be there. And I, and I think the worst politician is someone who wants to be a politician. Couldn't agree more. You know? Yeah. and Could not agree yeah, more. And I don't ever class the student union as politician. I wouldn't think of it like that at all. But people naturally just attach it to. But there's people that want to be and there's people, I think the people that don't want it are probably the best. So well, last week we spoke about the most, one of the most famous versions of that, which is Marcus Aurelius, the emperor of Rome, who famous, famously didn't want to be mm. the emperor of Rome. But the reason he became the emperor of Rome is because the people of Rome could see that. Yeah. He was the best leader for Rome. And the fact that he wasn't selling his soul to be that person is exactly why he became that person. Yeah. Now, there's no touch of Marcus Aurelius in you, huh? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> that would be a life less extraordinary. Extro- less that. But yeah, I just think, I mean, as I always say, like, I feel life is very precious. Uh, and like, if I got told tomorrow, you're going to die in six months, obviously I'd be devastated, but i go, fuck it. I could give a big list of stuff and it's not in a brag. It's like, it's my own internal delight and joy going, God, I did that. Like I've had loads of cool things. Like I've acted on the Hawks. I've sang in a musical. I, I don't class myself as a singer. I've done the festivals. I've DJed at amazing festivals. I've got to play live music and things, record my own song. I never thought I'd do that. I've wrote poems. I've wrote a rap. I've wrote all these daft things that like, sure, I never did. But like, it's just happens and it's nice and I enjoy all of that and and I mean you get a lot of kudos which is nice to hear but you're always kind of conscious going oh that's not I don't want people to, Ashley's only putting that on now because he's this that the other like a lot of people have a misperception I think of a lot of people that put on stuff there's nearly a suspicion Asher now what's that why is he doing that now or why you know you offer something free for someone like you know I'll kind of help you with that or do why, why would you be doing that now like, there must be an angle it's like no sometimes there isn't like it can just be nice like you know yeah Okay. Brendan, uh, I want to bring you back to the Comedy Festival because mm. we've alluded to it a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> and um, I, I just, just a bit of detail about it because uh, as we're all, we're all saying here, you know, it's all, it's all very impressive, you know, especially, especially given where it came from last autumn where you were, you know, I was in touch with you about it a little yep. bit of thinking you were saying this just isn't selling. I mean, I might just have to postpone it till, till, till the new year. And what was that decision like to make? Uh, that, in, the, in recent history, that was bar other issues I was telling you about but in recent history that's probably been the most stressful time in my working life in years and again no one would have minded you know it wasn't anyone saying you better put it on like you know there wasn't that but I just had an internal kind of fight with myself going oh it's this on and I wanted it to work in November and I wanted to see the town full in November and it didn't work you know so probably a little angry with myself and I was also nervous of going back to the comedians and the agents probably and going ah, that 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 festival and there's a mess mm. not working like and to be honest over one weekend I rang them all even the biggest like Neil Delamere by the way uh, who people always think oh the big acts are always kind of you know isolated and hard to get in touch from the minute I booked him he messaged me on Instagram I never met the man in my life we didn't know each other oh I can't wait to play the festival I heard it's brilliant oh unreal so that was like wow uh, oh thanks you know because Colin Murphy did we had a little mini COVID festival last year in Anderson's 
And Colin Murphy had, hadn't done a gig in two years, so he did the upstairs. And it was only like 100 because you couldn't have any more. Mm. And he was, he was shaking before the gig, like going, oh, I'll probably only do it 40 minutes. I said, do what you want. He went out, did an hour and 15. It was one of the best comedy gigs he ever had, we ever seen. It was brilliant. So then he told Neil that, but going back to the stress, everyone is lovely. The agents were sound. And some agents can be sticky. Everyone's like, no, change the date. And I didn't think Neil would then want to do it because he had a sold out gig in the Hawkswell. I was nearly sold out. And then he just was very fair with me on the fee then going, well, if just to, let's say if it doesn't work on our gig, I won't be doing this. I won't charge as much essentially. And in the end, he still got the original fee because I committed to that once we sold out. Now that was the only night that actually sold out. I don't want to big it up that everyone thinks every night was sold out. Mm. There was some great crowds and all that. But yeah, the stress of just... It was like doing a whole, you had to do two festivals then. You had to change all the graphics. Mm. Some of the acts had to change. And you're just there trying to deal with life. And, you know, despite what people may think, running a comedy festival is not going to make you very rich. The only way you'll make money is if you can get a big sponsor. Mm. I can tell that to anyone now. Like, mm. you know what I mean? So there was all that extra time and effort and just mental, oh, I have to redo all the paperwork, redesign. Because I do everything, like, and again, not to be a martyr, but if I didn't do everything, the festival would be bankrupt. Mm. If I had to pay designers and social media people and book and all, all this. So, so yeah, so that's that was rotten. It was absolutely <laughs> horrible, like, yeah, at the time. Yeah. yeah and, and, then, and, and what about when you made the decision, okay? So, as, as, as you said, you don't want, you know, you have a reputation to uphold mm, here mm. Uh, with all these acts you're booking. So, you know, is it extra pressure then because, right, we've already cancelled November. Yeah. February better work. Uh, there is, but I suppose I kind of just got the vibe of everyone, like, February is normally a bit better anyways. You know what I mean? It's just everyone's opening up again, the first paycheck's in the bank. So I had a bit more confidence. Uh, I did get a little bit more funding. Uh, the, the council gave me a couple of quid and I immediately said, right, see that? I'm just putting that to iRadio. So people go, oh, you got funding. So you must have just used that now to buy the car or do this or whatever. Sure. So, no, no, I go, well, I got this, so I'm going to use it for that. And in fairness, iRadio were amazing. Uh, and they became, we did a deal where they would become media partners. Do you know what I mean? So I think that was probably the biggest turn in that it gave me national coverage. Everywhere I went, people were like, oh, I heard the radio, heard the radio, heard the radio. So that was that was probably the turning point from going, okay, I feel tense to going, oh, this will be grand. You know? okay. And I didn't mean like the tickets just sold like that. Yeah. Still took a while and it was probably up till about two or three weeks beforehand I was going, okay, we're at... Yeah, so when, when did when did it start to ease off? When did the pressures, when did you start to realise this is actually going to work? Uh, I would say uh, about three weeks before the festival. Right, okay. So it was still going. Now, it wasn't the same stress. I'm not trying to big it up. Like, uh, it wasn't the stress of change and everything. Uh, but, like, it just started to tick along, you know. And, like, some comedians... Now, some some comedians are more engaging than others. They're all nice, but sometimes they're just busy with other stuff. Uh, but others were really helpful with promoting and that. So, so yeah, about two or three weeks beforehand, you just go, okay. But even at that, there was one gig that lost about a grand. Do you know what I mean? Mm. On one of the nights. And that's no problem, because the other nights... So, do you know what I mean? As you say, oh, so I was like, it wasn't. It was one night it wasn't that sold out, but it was still a nice crowd, it was still a good gig. You, your first port call, I always says, is make sure it's a good crowd for the people that attend and the comedians. Make sure you don't lose money if you can at all. You know, and then at the end, if you can make a couple of quid, delighted. So I was just looking at it as a five-night bubble. And like we did the crowdfund thing, and every cent of that went to the fringe acts. Because I had always this thing, I could not take crowd money and go, well, no, that's for yourself, Brendan, now for the designer. I couldn't mentally do that. So okay. if anyone ever wants to look at the paperwork, well, I can show you everything just to go. I had to mentally go, that has to go to the fringe gigs that went on. And they were yeah. brilliant. We had yeah. some lovely gigs. And Terry Markey was a massive help. Midlands, Swagman, Lilies, and The Snug. With John Cleary and The Snug on a Friday at six with magic like class. So that, and then Ray doing sound. And then I had a couple of people helping out on the night. So I was just going, no. The people gave me the money and I told them I was going to give staff and that. So so all that boxed off. So then after that, you're going, right, all the funding I used for X amount of things, like the big billboard and the bridge, mm. all that kind of stuff and the radio. And then after that, you go, right, I don't care if I don't make a euro. I now just want it to be good gigs. And if I can make a couple of euro, brilliant, you know, so. There has to, I, I find that myself, Brendan, when you're, because, okay, you, you're at a, you're at a point, you're at a stage where you're, you're, promoting you're producing this festival yeah but then it comes to the week of the show and you almost have to remove yourself from that because you actually want to enjoy the week mm. do you know I, I find that on the on the on, on shows I put on it's like up to a certain point you're the promoter yeah but then there has to come a point where you remove yourself from that part of it and you just say I'm not going to worry one more th one more bit about if another ticket sells yeah or 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 whatever it might be 
Now it's time to enjoy it. Now it's yeah. time to actually sit down and enjoy the fruits of all mm. the work you've put in. Yeah, I would say I no, not uh, sorry. I did enjoy all the gigs, but like it was literally up to that afternoon. You'd still be mentioning. And by the way, like I, I would have no doubt there was numerous people around Sligo going. Will he ever shut up on social media? He's a pain in the arse. <laughs> but I'd rather be the pain in the arse that has not lost 12 grand or something. Sure. So, yeah. so I have no, I've no shame, but I, I have this little bubble in my head going, I must be really annoying for people. But then I go, well, they can just unfriend me or unfollow me. It doesn't matter to me like course, that much. But you'd have that little thing. I hate having to do that. I, I wish people would buy the tickets the first day. You won't hear me from, hear from me again at the festival, guys. Bye. That's it. You know, so that's probably the biggest nail in the head having to do all that. Give me all the design, all the book and all the promote, but not having to just beg yeah. people and keep at them. Yeah. It's a difficult thing to do, but yeah, I'm You're more good so at it though. You're good at it. It's not, it's not you know, you do it in, in sort of creative and subtle ways. Well, you try. I give people more creative ideas than I use for my own stuff yeah. sometimes. You, know? no, I th- you come across as very kind of self-aware when you're doing mm. that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, hopefully anyways, hopefully, but yeah, so it's, and what, you've been known to do to do that as in like, look, lads, I'm sorry that I'm on again. You know, like absolutely. it's day five in the in a row. But yeah. the show is on tonight and you do need oh, to go the do like, people. So. Oh geez, I forgot it was on. Like you nearly <laughs> just go I nearly just set myself yeah. on fire for a video to go. Now just so you know, I've heavier your attention. I'm not really gonna burn myself alive, but the gig on tonight. I thought this might get an attention. Like, you know, I think next year I might just set a building on fire yeah. just to get the attention. The amount of people yeah. who still didn't know it was on, like you know what I mean? Billboard that I have you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's the, it's the shock t- tactics now. Like, you know, I seen someone there said, he puts up these angry posts and then someone said to him, why do you do that? He says, well, I actually do it because I know it'll get more reaction than saying happy things. Like, you know? Okay. Uh, and I also have a massive thing of always talking about other people's stuff. Mm. And I don't think there's enough collaboration in town of people helping. I don't mean that they're not all negative. They're just busy. It's not in their sphere. Like if you see something, it's not that hard to share something. And I also go, there I don't I don't care about sharing that if I'm annoying anyone because it's not my gig. And I'll often say it's not my gig because the amount of things people think I'm involved in that I am not involved in in mm. town is actually laughable. Mm. Like, mm. So I'll always share anything where I can because I know what it's like being that person trying to make something work. Like, mm. you know? so. And what about then when it's all over, Brendan? What about the feeling? Relief? Uh, satisfaction? Yeah, well, I really rooms. enjoyed the gigs. That's the beautiful thing about a comedy festival. You get to sit down. There's a little bit of run around and make sure this is done and that done, but most of them just get to sit and enjoy brilliant comedian so it was a great laugh I really enjoyed that and then on Saturday night <clears throat> Sunday morning yeah just it was a relief it was a joy of seeing it going well but a relief going Jesus that chapter is closed that was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my adult life mm. work wise it was mm. just too long and too difficult mm. um, and then there was like two or three days of paperwork you know what I mean so it's not like ah oh, it's relaxing no and I would massive <laughs> thing then of paying people I hate owing people money mm. so I like oh, and I was annoying you know the ticket people going, we need to get this get this get this so everyone got paid Everyone got paid by last Friday, which was five days after. And no one was pressing me first, but I couldn't handle, I wanted to close that off. Like, so, yeah. so yeah, big relief and all that's done. Then you can finally go, you know, and I already started planning next year. Like, so that's. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going ahead next year, is it? <laughs> oh my God, definitely. Brilliant. Definitely. And February again? Fe- oh yeah. February is a good time. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's definitely found, it's found its new home now. And uh, look, it, 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 it didn't happen in November for a reason. And now that's why the reason is to be taught. February's dude in February. You know? so Speaking about that. next year, I um, I was thinking about you, as I said, when I saw that the festival de- did well and I thought, great, that's great for him. And then I think the day after the festival or two days after the festival, I was on Facebook and I saw a, a plug from you saying anyone that would like to uh, oh, yeah. host a fringe gig next year. Um, yeah. but I just thought, this man never sleeps or stops. <laughs> just like the sweat has barely dried from the festival and he's thinking, where can I get fringe gigs on next year? You know? Because the iron was hot. And people sure. will forget exactly. you within three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just said, and I know a few venues, The free, I would love, we had one in Ballymote, Bob and the White Hag has been yeah. very good to me. Brilliant gig in the barrel room. Like yeah. I, w- I really, really want to have one in Grange, Tupper Curry, Maharao, wherever, Tourlestran. To me, it should be everyone in the county. One lady messaged me from Ballymote said, thanks for putting on the festival and thanks for putting one on in Ballymote. Because yeah. they couldn't get to it like otherwise. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people and that's what you'd love to do. And all you want to do, again, it's not like, oh, he must be making a fortune. He's 10 gigs on the, like, I would literally go, give me four or 500 quid that will go to whoever's doing the sound, the support act, the comedian. I actually don't want even a euro. You can charge in, you can do it free, but I'd love to look and go, see that? The whole county has uh, a festival now, you know what I mean? So that's, that's why I had to do that quickly. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that leads me to my last question, Brendan, unless any of the lads have anything else there. No. No. So you just said, 
you just said, you know, it doesn't give me great joy and I'd love to bring it to the whole county. And that mm. has always struck me about you also, that for a man not from Sligo, you have, you seem to have a great grow for the place and a great drive to make the place better and to leave your, I'm not, it's not to leave your mark on yeah. the place, but, but just to, you know, to, 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 to work hard to ensure things, things do get better for Sligo. Where does that come from in you? I, well, Sligo's just been good to me. And then I think I probably, wherever I would have settled, I would. I think that innate thing was in me anyways, to do as good as I can. I'd often help out, help out back home, the GA club back home in Galway, Kilrearn, when they ask. But Sligo's brilliant. I met a lady from Scotland the other night and she's kind of, she's got a big job. I don't want to say in case I make it obvious who she is. And she says, Do you want to allude to who she is? <laughs> no? There no, you go. I shall not. Uh, she, um, she said, like, I grew up in a town around this size. And she said, my God, what are you doing here? It's unbelievable. And when I see a few negative comments on social media with some people over tiny things, which I understand they're a, they're a thing, but it's like, you don't need to make the whole town look so negative. Like I really, I don't mind people having a debate or discussion, but not needless negativity. Like it's no point in it. And Sligo's unbelievable. I have business cards for my marketing company. I swear to God, I've given out easily 90% of the time I give them out is to go, look, it's not business. Like, if you're coming to Sligo, there's my email, there's my number. You know, guide you where to go. It might get you a bottle of wine with your dinner. It might, do you know what I mean? Look after people. It's an amazing town, especially because I live in the town, but it's a wonderful county. It has everything. The music scene is crazy. The food scene is crazy. The creative people, the theatre, like, it's, you, I could go on for an hour and never mind all the natural beauty and everything it offers. So you're kind of going, I always said it's the sleeping giant of the Northwest. You know, I think if the recession hadn't come, it would be, I don't think we want to be a Galway necessarily, don't get me wrong, but uh, just make it, give it its full potential. Like, that's what I'd love to see happen. Like, I did a thing in the Dáil years ago. I don't want to call it a protest, but a rally going, uh, don't forget about the Northwest. Like, why don't we have a motorway? I don't care if you never get a motorway. It's like, just don't forget about us. Mm. You know, and I think we often let that happen too often. And I just keep seeing all this money. It's like, well, why is it, why are we giving three million to a, bloody train thing or something I forget the name of it a tram or something in Dublin it's like oh hold on a second they have trains and buses we have we are missing all this so fix us first and then give it to them so I have an anger in me about that mm. real anger not in a vicious way but like no I'm not going to let you do that and then I, I just uh, just love the place and mm. and it's been amazing I couldn't leave Saigon I'd be like dead in the water like you know what I mean if I went to any other county at the mm. moment like you mm. know because I've just built up so many connections and I can I can really like in lots of times someone's stuck with something or needs a hand I just have now built up a network going, okay, leave it with me. I know this person. I know that person. Do you know what I mean? It's nice to be able to go, well, even if I'm doing something myself, obviously it helps. But uh, yeah, Sligo's been very good to me and uh, I I will, I think I'll always keep trying to go, what we do next? You know, as you said, ideas, I have a hundred ideas of things like that we can do. Like I want to set up a business actually called the Idea Hub. So maybe you'll see that in the future. Great. I prefer that more than any of the markets running social media, graphic design. I love a sitting room. People go, what do you want to do? Right. I'll give you I'll give you ideas and just pay me to do it. Yeah. yeah. You know, don't make me do them now. Are you go and do them. <laughs> <laughs> Although you can do that as well. <laughs> Brendan, um, well, look, I mean, what a note on which to finish the chat. I mean, it's it's lovely. It's, it's lovely to hear that passion you have. And as I say, Sligo is a better place because of you. So um, thanks Thank for you. that. And thanks for coming in today. Brendan Tierney. Look, it's been an honour to come out here. What you're doing is also a class. You're documenting amazing stories, amazing people from Sligo and beyond. So credit to you as well, what you do here. It's fabulous. So oh, keep doing the good work. Thanks, Brendan. Thanks, guys. Rory, you're hardly going to recommend getting engaged for us this week, are you? <laughs> uh, that's It's pretty subjective, so possibly not. But I do have one for you this week. Play the music. If your life is feeling grey, like a dull and cloudy day, we can chase your blues away. Rory recommends you something to defend you. On the board, I'm not offend you. Also fix your hairdo. It's Rory recommends. Okay, so this one's a little bit different, lads. This uh, month's Rory recommends. What are, we, what are we eating this month? <laughs> I've had to try and stay away from food and every time actually it's funny you'd say that every time I see a new food and I try it I go that'd be a great Rory recommend and I go we can't do another 20 minutes of us just chewing and saying well it's not too bad yeah it's grand okay this one is a challenge okay but it's not only a challenge for you guys it's also a challenge for our listeners Okay, so I thought we'd get our listeners involved this time in Rory Recommends to see if uh, if we could garner up some interesting results, all right? 
So before I tell you what the challenge is, I have to tell you about something that I've been subscribing to for the last year, okay? So what I've been subscribing to for the last year is to... Playboy. <laughs> That's a very old school subscription. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I have been subscribing to the idea of doing difficult things. So to making a decision to do a difficult thing. This links to, to Brendan's philosophy earlier, doesn't it? Correct. Yes. And it was funny as he was talking about it. So Brendan has talked about all the things. At one point he said, you know, if I, if I was going to die next month or something along them lines, I, you know, I wouldn't be delighted, I'd be terrified. But at the same time, I've done lots in my life and he named out a few things. But in order to get then things done, it would have required hard work. And that kind of ties into to what, what, what I'm talking about today. So... Uh, Doing hard things and discomfort, us as humans, I've been reading a lot about this, right? And us as, as humans have, we, we find it very easy to take the easier road. We, we seek comfort and uh, we're kind of taught and we kind of learn throughout our lives that discomfort is a bad thing. But the funny thing about discomfort is we need it. It's, it's a necessity in our life uh, for two reasons that I can put my finger on. The first one is basic just contrast. I mean, you can't have a good day without a bad day, right? So you can't have that lovely feeling of sitting drinking a can, watching a sunset with someone you really like and think that's a great day. You can't have that unless you've had the evening where you sat on the end of your bed about to cry with the stress. You can't, you can't, these things have to exist together to give you contrast. Mm -hmm. So that's one. And then number two, us as humans, we're clever creatures, right? So over the last couple of hundred thousand years of our evolution, we figured out how to reward ourselves internally for hard work. So you see it with exercise. If you go for a good, hard, long run, your serotonin levels boost up through the roof, your dopamine levels, you burn off cortisol, all these horrible hormones burn off and all these beautiful hormones enrich your body, right? So that's what I've been kind of playing with for the last year. So in the last year, for example, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I walked the 90k of Sligo Way in one go, ran the Warriors run for the first time, ran a marathon for the first time, read a book, wrote a book, uh, read a book. Isn't that just <laughs> ironic that you get that grammatical mistake in that <laughs> one what sentence? About, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, got engaged. Got engaged, bought a house. So various things like this, right? That's not a bad year, or It's been a good year, right? <laughs> and I and I, I quit, I stopped drinking, for example. I'm in one year of no beer. So I'm trying all these various things and it all stemmed from this idea of take the road less travel try the hard thing as in the path to hell is paved with good intentions so you might be thinking you're doing the right thing but unless you do the hard thing uh, the outcomes mightn't be as good as you wanted them to be so my challenge and my Rory recommends and my challenge for you is this and to the listeners I want you to have a think over the next couple of days or the next couple of hours of something hard for you to do bonus points for this room anyway for creativity but something hard that you can do it can be anything you want it to be but it has to, for example look you don't run okay regularly but Karen, you you run a bit so running a 5k mightn't be the hard thing for you Karen. but running the 5k might be the hard thing for you so it's it's totally um it's totally individualized right per person but it's also for the listeners and there's only one rule pick the hard thing and take a photo three photos one when you start one halfway through, if you can, if it's possible, and one at the end. Uh, I'm going to document year ones. So fortunately, the three of ye, when ye choose your hired things, you're going to tell me when it is and when you're doing it. And I'm going to document years. But for the listeners at home, they can document their own one with whatever way they in whatever way they want, but a minimum of three photos and to tag in the lamplight so that we can see it and we'll have a discussion about it. But I thought if we could pick out of our listeners who we think did the hardest or best, most impressive hard thing, that we do a cover of their choice next month. Jeannie, oh. Oh. how long were you thinking about that for? On the drive out here in the car. Unbelievable. I was behind myself today. <laughs> well so how does, how does that sound like to it. you? Um, can I um, document my own one? Yes, you can. Because then I can fake it. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> so my idea with us, I'd love to document our one because I'd like to get like a little kind of a video together of, of our one. I'm going to pick something hard as well. So I'm not I'm not excluded from this, mm -hmm. but we have to do it in the next three weeks. And you have to tell me when you're doing it. And also for ye anyway, and for the listeners at home, I guess you can buddy up. So if you're going to do something hard and you want to, or even if all three of you want to do the same thing, but it has to be hard, truly, truly hard. 
And if you can do that, I'll be delighted. And that's my Rory rec. So my Rory recommends is a two-parter. Try and do the hard thing. And then there's that challenge as well. So how does that sound? Do you have to be able to complete that hard thing or just give it a go? I, I know what your uh, hard thing can be. Your challenge. You have an idea for me. I do. Okay. Uh, I think it would be an immense challenge for you to document me doing anything except working and sleeping in the next three weeks because I am absolutely <laughs> flat out. I don't have time for this. We've, we've I'm fi- going touring to play. I'm gigging most nights. I'm running the studio. I you, I don't know, honestly, where I'm going to find time for this in the next three weeks. We'll find time. That might be the hard thing. Running a 5K time. takes a half an hour. Yeah, can my can my hard thing be um um managing to have a day off, and then you can do- <laughs> document you can sleeping. You can document me in the morning, asleep, <laughs> in the afternoon, maybe still asleep, and then in the evening, um, doing sweet all. <laughs> Luke, we will find time. We will find time. <laughs> or do you know, like your your thing could be giving up something, huh? You know, if there's something that you do that's unhealthy, just, it's hard to give up something. I was just giving up hard things, maybe. <laughs> I'm going to find a loophole for that. <laughs> okay, lads, how does that sound to everyone? Ah, yeah, yeah let's do it. Michal, you had a question, did you? Uh, yeah, what was it? Uh, you, you asked it actually out loud, but then Luke. Luke. Uh, sorry, I overthink. Uh, oh, yeah, do you have to be able to complete the hard thing or is it just giving it a go? So, yeah, this is the beauty of an honor based system like this. Giving it a go to the point where it gets hard and stopping doesn't count. So staying with it long enough till you can't go anymore does count. Right. That's okay. And do you have to approve our, our hard things? No. it's no. Th- no. The only person you have to answer to is yourself. There we are. Right. That's big responsibility, <laughs> but we're up for it. Let's do it. <laughs> Great. So lads, you ready to try something hard? Listeners, are you ready to try something hard? <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> there. Kieran was our listeners there. It was brilliant. Okay, so if you do try something hard, if you get out and do something creative and fun and difficult, tag in the lamplight, uh, put it on some of your social medias and tag uh, some of our social medias and we'll see it. Or even uh, just email us maybe if you don't do social media or whatever. Yeah, and if you don't do social media, you can email us too. Lamplightpod at gmail.com. Brilliant. And um, we will see it and we'll talk about it next month. And uh, if we get a couple in that are really creative, we'll pick one and you can choose our next cover. That's Rory Recommends this week. Brilliant. Okay, right. We've got some thinking to do, lads. I enjoyed that. That was good. I'd be prepared to make a very, very, uh, you know, uh, confident prediction right now that Dave Flynn will be picking the cover that we do next month. Oh yeah, yeah. He's gonna go and do something. Is, hard. He, our only, I, is he our only listener? Well, I mean, <laughs> he's one of them. And, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, very Dave. good. Yeah. Um, to finish, lads, a big news in the arts community in Sligo last week: the Hawkswell Theatre announced the impending departure of director Marie O'Burns. Just to read a little bit from their statement, the chair and board of the Hawkswell Theatre wish to announce that director Marie O'Byrne will finish up her role as director of the venue in April 2023. After more than 12 years at the helm of the Hawkswell. Marie is returning to her hometown of Ennis to take up the role of director at Glore. The board and team at the Hawkswell would like to pay tribute to Marie's creative leadership over this time, during which the Hawkswell Theatre has been transformed into one of the leading arts venues in the country and has established itself as a creative producer of new work. Throughout Marie's time at the theatre, her mission has been to produce and present inspiring, innovative and engaging performances and to provide a welcoming creative space for performance, collaboration, artistic development and learning. Year on year, she has delivered a vibrant programme and spearheaded a variety of imaginative initiatives and has always been passionate about championing the work of local artists. So lads, how do we feel about this news? <coughs> I'm a touch devastated. Um, well, I'm not a t- I am devastated. Marie will like is just so good for the Hawkswell, you know. And I know, like I'm like I'd like to pre- pre- preface this by saying I'm delighted that she's going to a, another theater and going to um, give another theater some of her skills and possibly do for another theater what she's done for Sligo. But when you have someone that great in a position in a building that we all perform in regularly and work in regularly, it's it's a kind of a gut punch because you're like, oh, we'll me- like I'll just miss her, yeah. an awful lot from there, you know. I think it's it's like, um, I mean, you and I have been going in and out of the Hawksville for as long as we can both remember, with shows and feshes and musicals and 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 working in there now in a technical side of things, and then the theme nights and 
you know, spent a lot of time there. But I think there's a very, there's a point where I remember the Hawks well turning from a place that I knew I liked to go because I enjoyed the activities I went there for, but just to a place where I liked to go because it felt very welcoming and homely. And that, I think a lot of that was Marie and trickled down from the top that, I mean, she befriended a lot of people that were worked there regularly in her time. Yeah. You know, uh, she made it a social place. She made it a creative place, a very welcoming and facilitating place. And I, I could, I can never thank her and the Hawkswell enough for what they did for me and, and for you, Rory, yes. as well. During a, a COVID, when times were hard, that we had a space, and you know they went out of their way to give give people uh, work and make sure that as much creative stuff as possible continued to happen. Um, and I'll, I think a lot of that is Marie's vision and generosity um so uh yeah whoever's coming in after her has big big shoes to fill she has massive faith yeah. marie yeah yeah for <laughs> sure um, but I, equally i look forward to finding myself down in glore sometime yes and walking into what i know will be that same friendly and welcoming atmosphere and i've no doubt she'll do great things down there kieran out of all of us you probably have the the uh, deepest relationship with marie or maybe for the longest amount of time and uh, i definitely my introduction to marie probably came through you i'd say mm. in the capacity that i know her now how do you feel about the news um yeah look i suppose marie and i'd be of similar age uh you know which um I guess often plays a part in these things. I think, you know, we're maybe at similar points of our careers when she came in and, um, do you know, it's, I've, yeah, I mean, I've, I've known her, I've worked with her, you know, very closely for, for most of those 12 years, definitely 11 of them. It was very, you know, it was very soon after that she, that we started working together. Like for example, it was Marie, uh, who inspired me to, to start writing music as an adult. Um, wow. You know, she they had this program in the Hawkswell where they combined, um, they, they chose a series of Yeats poems and asked uh, a musician and a visual artist to come up with a piece of work um, inspired by the poem. Um, so my the poem I chose was To a Child Dancing in the Wind. Mm. And back in 2013, which is now 10 years ago, I wrote a solo piano piece of music inspired that poem, which was the first piece of music I ever wrote as an adult. Wow, and that wouldn't have happened only for Marie, for example. Um, obviously, the theme nights. Do you know we we worked together on those since twenty fifteen? I think Marie had Marie used to come into Source to watch them. I remember and um, into the Velvet Rooms, and uh, eventually she sort of she came up to me and says, "Karen, there's something brilliant happening here. How would you feel about bringing them to the Hawkswell?" we could, you know, get Neve and her orchestra involved and we could get a choir involved. And that was all Marie's idea, do you know? Um, and the Hawkswell has really become the spiritual home of the team night since. And that is, you know, largely, largely down to Marie um, and her vision for them. Uh, yeah. And, and look, on, on top of that, it, like, so I was talking to my wife at home about this and, and Sinead summed Marie up brilliantly. She said, um, Marie facilitated artists to do what they do best. Yeah. And that really summed it up for me as to what Marie did. And you you, you referenced the Facebook post, me all, and the amount of artists who commented yeah. on that was incredible. And I just realised that what Marie did for me as an artist, she also did for so many other people. And that was, that was just lovely to see. From what I get from Marie as well, like it was just, like it was never any issue with her, no matter what it was. Like people, people might have needed everything and, the world but it was never a problem to her that's yeah. what I get from her like yeah. I didn't know her that much but yeah. just from the way everyone talks about her yeah no job was no job was too big or no job was too small like she'd be washing dishes in the green room um, but she'd be booking the biggest act for the theatre as well you sure. know it was, she was that type that, and that's leadership really isn't it yeah. Like, yeah. That, that, that really comes down but to end on a positive note lads one one thought I had um, was uh, I'm sure you'll all remember Brian O'Driscoll um, the Irish rugby uh, player who was, uh, you know, huge player in Ireland, Ireland's rugby history. And Brian came into uh, the Irish rugby team at a time when they really weren't up to much. And he probably played for 12 years or, you know, something similar to the length of time Marie was in the Hawkswell. Um, now the Irish rugby team are a far better team than when O'Driscoll played for them. Like, they're the best team in the world now. They're actually genuine contenders for a World Cup. They've beaten the All Blacks multiple occasions. O'Driscoll never won, beat the All Blacks. But this team wouldn't be possible 
only for O'Driscoll's influence and what and and the step he made in bringing the Irish rugby team from where they were, which was pretty low, to being a pretty damn good team. Yes. Now they're an unbelievable team, and I feel I suppose that opportunity is there for the Hawks. Well, now you know Marie has dragged us up and dragged that institution up to be in a place we all love and a place we all love to spend time and a place that's hugely respected in Sligo and beyond. And I feel, do you know, it 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 increases the chances that we're going to get someone really good in now. Yeah. And I wish the board well in in that decision. I know it's not an easy one, but there's good people in there, and uh, I'm sure they'll do a great job. So you know, that's that's, you know, the next the next stage might be might be even though it's obviously going to be incredibly hard to replace Marie. I feel she's... No, I'm with you, Karen. Good riddance. Get her out. (laughs) Get her out She set such a foundation. She set a platform. She set a platform that that can be built upon now, do you know? Um, Beautifully said. We we had Marie, lads, on the podcast uh, back to celebrate 10 years of her stewardship in the Hawkswell back in April 2021. Uh, It was during lockdown, but um, we... uh, it was in the Hawkswell that we interviewed her. Um, so go back and check that episode out. There's a beautiful tribute at the end of it from lots of local artists as to what Marie did for them in those 10 years. And she played this beautiful piece of music um, with which we're going to close out today's show. This is The Winter's End by Liam O'Flynn featuring Luke on guitar, myself on piano and on violin, Marie O'Byrne. <laughs> 